Welcome to All Things Career. Our mission is to provide the unwritten rules of success for people of color. No matter if you have a job or own a business, we want to share information and experiences we wish we knew earlier in our careers. What's up, everybody? How's it going out there? Today's episode is a spotlight edition where I had the opportunity of interviewing Mark Grant, the five-time Emmy Award-winning director for CBS Sports. This episode is so special just because as I learned more and more about Mark and his story, I became that much more inspired to lean into my passions as much as I can. Being good at something is cool and all, but when you align hard work with your passions, that's where true greatness is found. Let's jump into our discussion where Mark gives us insight into his 41 years of directing sports television. Enjoy. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Darius, it's nice to talk to you. I'm doing great. How about you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm happy that you decided to join the podcast. I, uh, I love to tell my story and inspire other people. And uh, it's, it's always great when people reach out to me and hear about my story and want to follow up. So thank you for having me. Oh, no problem at all. Your story speaks for itself. Um, there's a lot that is explained on black and white. But I'm excited to to learn some things that you can't put on paper, some things that you can't Google. <laughs> Just because 41 years of being a director for CBS, like that's incredible. And you're a black man. <laughs> so that's even more incredible. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing it a long time. I, I, I've, uh, I've been in TV for 41 years and I've been at CBS for 22 of those 41 years. I was at ESPN for a while. I worked in local cable before that. Um, but you know, if you would have told me, you know, 41 years ago when I started working in a master control room in local cable, that someday I would be um, directing uh, the NFL and college football and college basketball for a major network like CBS Sports, I would have thought you were crazy. But um, here I am. And it's been a lot of uh, it's been a lot of good blessings. It's been a lot of hard work. It's been a lot of luck that all come to play to get me where I'm, to where I'm at today. I love that you said the blessings and then you followed up with the luck just because <laughs> a lot of people, they don't believe in luck. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, luck is, luck is, luck is very, very much a part of my life. And as we talk, I'll tell you some of the things that have happened where I can certainly say it's been, you know, blessings and luck that come together at the right time that uh, have, um, you know, given me some opportunities that I may not have other, uh, otherwise received. Right. Just being at the right place at the right time, being prepared for those opportunities as they were presented. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to dig in. So <laughs> I saw that you went to LSU. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I, I graduated from high school in Shreveport, Louisiana, and my goal was to uh, go down to Baton Rouge and go to LSU and become a doctor. You know, all my life I'd wanted to be a doctor. And, um, you know, I spent a lot of my, my high school years, uh, you know, I was, I was gifted but I didn't use my gifts. And, you know, um, I was able to get by and I learned how to get by doing stuff at the last minute, doing projects at the last minute, doing assignments, essays and things like that. And, you know, I take a test and I'd be very happy to make a B on it without doing any studying or anything like that. Well, 
you know, you get to college and it's a totally different environment. And some of that stuff you could do, the sweet talking of the teachers and all that, it didn't work in college. And so I went to LSU, made two Fs my first uh, semester, two Fs, a D, a C and an A and was uh, in deep trouble. But I knew then that I wasn't going to be a doctor. And so, um, you know, I had to find something to do. And and um, I, I fell in love with somebody that was in broadcast journalism. And LSU is a very big campus, like a lot of, you know, like a lot of colleges, they got a lot of, <laughs> a lot of real estate. And uh, I wanted to be close to Ramona is, is her name. And uh, I didn't want her to be on one side of campus and me to be on the other side. And so uh, I just changed my major to broadcast journalism without really knowing too much about it. You know, I, I knew it You know, had to do with you know, television and radio and newspapers and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't really know what I wanted to do. But once I got into it, I was really fascinated by what goes on behind the scenes you know, with the writing and the producing and the directing and the camera work, you know, and that's uh, what I really, really fell in love with. And uh, then I had purpose and direction and I wouldn't let anything stop me. And so because I fell in love with somebody majoring in broadcast journalism is why I'm doing what I do today. Wow. Did you go on to marry your college sweetheart? <laughs> you know, uh, Darius, I, I will say this, that if that had happened, they would have probably made it into a movie. You know, it would have probably been some Hallmark movie or something like that. But Ramona and I, <laughs> Ramona and I are really, really good friends. Um, she went on to law school, became a judge. She's a uh, she's a judge in Shreveport, Louisiana. And uh, we're still very, very good friends. But uh, no, we didn't we didn't have much of a relationship. But uh, out of our out of the little bit of a relationship that we we had, I found a career and I always thank her for that. That's that's insightful just because you started out your story explaining how you wanted to be a doctor. Like I would I couldn't have ever guessed that by looking at your resume <laughs> and the fact that you were able to find those same skill sets in in broadcasting, that's in, that's an incredible transition. So what type of recommendations would you give to someone that is early in their career or someone that is in college that honestly fell out of love with the major that they selected? Yeah, that's a really hard, uh, it's a really hard one because, you know, sometimes you find that out two or three years into the, into the program that, and then you realize you don't want to do it. And you've spent a lot of money and a lot of time, you know, into a curriculum. And now you've got to re, redirect and regroup. And now you got to spend more money and more time. And so instead of going to school for, you know, maybe four years, now it becomes a six year program. And not everybody can afford to do that. And if you can, more power to you. But I think it's very, very important that you find something that you love and let that become your career. Because if you're in something because you, because of the money or for any other reason, eventually you'll, you'll dislike it and you'll hate to go to work every day. I love getting up in the morning and uh, directing live sports on television. It's, it's, it's what I really, really feel like I was called to do. And so for those, uh, those people who are trying to, you know, they want to rethink what they want to do and do an, uh, you know, follow another career path. I think you got to make sure that that's what you really want to do and, and, and then follow it and then go for it. And, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take a little bit of energy. It's, it's, you know, it's going to, you're going to disappoint some people who, you know, uh, I mean, I, when I told people I wasn't going to be a doctor, a lot of my family was disappointed and all that. They didn't see my grades. They may not have been so disappointed, but I, I think that you just have to do what you really, really have a passion for. And so you have to find that passion. And sometimes you don't find it right away. I didn't find it until I was uh, at LSU after my uh, it's actually my second semester when I really decided to be in, uh, in journalism. But you're not going to you know, you may not find it right out of high school or when you're in high school. You may think that's what you want to do, but you got to really, really be sure it, you know, that you're, you're, you're chasing and pursuing what you really, really want to do because you're going to be doing it for a very, very long time. 
people spend 90% of their time working. Why not find something that you enjoy, something that you're passionate about, just because when obstacles pop up, are you going to have enough grit or are you going to have enough passion to overcome any of those obstacles? And the majority of time, you're not. Just because the the cash is not going to be enough to outweigh the headaches and the headaches aren't going to be, this is going to become overpowering to where you're not going to want to do it anymore. And you're going to wish that Friday was going to come sooner. It's a a rat race. That's, That's so true. And, you know, for a lot of people, Friday almost seems to never get here. You know, when you're working a a nine to five job Monday through Friday and you're really not very happy, you know, every day feels like Tuesday and Friday will never get here. And um, that's a, that's a really bad place to be in life because it's hard to overcome that no matter how much money you make, no matter what your job title is or anything like that. It's very, very difficult to get over that. I love and look forward to, you know, the weekends. I cover sports on the weekends and I really get excited to uh, when Friday gets here. And, and um, uh, you know, it's it's like I just it just can't come soon enough. I'm so excited to go do a sport event. And I think that's where you have to be in life. You have to re- especially with your with your career. Is you have to wake up every morning and say, man, this is a this is a great day to be doing what I do. And I, I'm so blessed to be able to do it. You said that you started with ESPN after graduation, correct? Yeah, it was it was it wasn't right after graduation, but uh, you know, I, I eventually started working for them. I, I guess I could just tell the story, you know, when I was when I was at LSU and and, and again I went to LSU in the in the uh in the late seventies. And so I started in 77 and graduated in 1981. And in 1978, I went to a, uh, I went to a basketball game at LSU and the game was, uh, the game was being televised by somebody I'd never heard of. And there were all these camera people and technicians, you know, walking around the head on these red jackets with these white letters. And, and I went up to one of them and I said, what the heck is Eastman? And the guy looked at me like I was crazy. And he said, no, 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 we're not Eastman. We're ESPN. We're a brand new 24 hour sports network. And we're going to revolutionize cable TV. We're going to do sports 24, seven, 365. And you, you know, it's going to be like nothing you've ever seen before. And I went back and sat down in, uh, at, at, at my seat and I said, someday I'm going to work for them. And so in 1978, you know, ESPN is forming. I'd never heard of it. And, and so now every time ESPN would come to town, I would like knock on the door of the truck and say, Hey, is there anything I can do for you? Can I pull cable? Can I, you know, can I empty the trash cans? Can I make the coffee? Is there, is there anything I can do? And, and so they, they would let me do stuff and, you know, you get good at what you do and they start trusting you. And after a while, you know, the rest of my time at, at LSU, I didn't have to call them anymore. They were calling me and saying, Hey, in, th- in three weeks, we're going to be doing an LSU baseball game. We want you to work. And so I was getting favor with, um, with ESPN. And, and then I graduate in 1981 and, you know, I, I'm, I'm still working for them whenever they come to town. And I was, I, I liked it. It was, it was, it was great. But I really wanted to do more than just work for them when they came to town, right? ESPN's a big company. They go all over the place. And, um, and so I worked my way up to becoming a cameraman for them. And they would let me, you know, instead of me pulling cable and emptying trash cans, I would run camera for LSU sports when they came to town. And eventually, uh, that led to me going to New Orleans. And when they would do games down in New Orleans, Tulane football or UNO, University of New Orleans basketball or whatever, I would run camera for them. And then it got a little bit, you know, the, the, the footprint got a little bit wider. I, I'd go to Birmingham. I'd go to Mobile and do games. I'd go to Houston. And so I got I got in really, really good with them and uh, started traveling around with them. And it was it was uh, it was great. What really made 
my career take off was this, is that um, all the time I was working for them, I was still working in local cable, covering like the stuff that you do in local cable, high school football games and LSU volleyball and, and you know, all the things that local cable companies do. <clears throat> and I was able to take what I learned, you know, running camera at ESPN and, and, and just seeing how they do it big time and then make my little high school football game kind of look like an ESPN show. And so I started producing and directing in local cable and that worked, you know, that went really, really well. And eventually in 1987, ESPN offered me a chance to travel around the country as an associate director covering college football. Now, I really wanted to do it. Remember, if you, you know, it's 1987, you go back to 1978 and I'm saying someday I'm going to work for ESPN. And here's my really my first opportunity to do it. The, uh, but I had to leave on Fridays and, you know, go travel and do college football and come back on Sunday. And the cable company didn't want me to take off on Fridays. They, you know, I, I, I was still working there. I had run out of vacation time, you know, doing all the other stuff I was doing for them. And so I just quit my job. I just quit my job to chase the dream. And, um, and, you know, of course I've never looked back and, and, um, gone on to do a lot of things. I, I, I worked at ESPN and, uh, and you know, I started there in 87 and 1989, I became a director and I stayed there until 1998. And so it was a really, really good run for me. I, I, I did a lot of things that I, I, I never thought I would be able to do. And then CBS came along and it, and it, and again, it's some, it's just another game changer in my life. There's so much that I want to unpack. The first thing that I want to touch on is the fact that you were willing to work for ESPN without any forms of payment. Not once did you bring up payment while you were in school. You were asking them, hey, can I go get you coffee? Can I run cord for you? Like you were willing to do the things that honestly, most people today still aren't willing to do. That gave you credibility. You showed that you were a valuable asset to them before you were ever employed. And that goes so much further than just asking for a handout. Yeah. You know, I wasn't the money wasn't important to me. Now, look, I will admit that I was broke back then. Right. I was just a, a, a starving college kid. But it wasn't about the money. And um, even though, yeah, yes, we we did get paid, uh, you know, twenty five dollars a game or something like that. They could have told me I was doing it for free. And I would still uh, I would have still done it. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, I think we get caught up in the money and it gets us in trouble. And, you know, we we, we think, you know, the the money is the most important thing. But a lot of times when you're first starting out and you're trying to get your foot in someone's door, you should look past the money and, and really focus on the opportunity. And I was much more into the opportunity than I was the money. And I always believe that at some point down the road, if I do a good job with these people, they're going to offer me a job and the money's going to come. And so, yeah, I mean, we sometimes uh, I, I talk to students all the time who, you know, they want to work, but they don't, you know, they don't they don't want to they don't want to work for minimum wage or they don't want to do an internship because they need they need to get money because they, they got to, you know, they got they got clothes they got to buy and, 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 you know, things they got to do. And, and sometimes you miss out on an opportunity because you're so uh, short sighted. Right. The money will come as long as you are great at what you do and you are able to build your experience. Like the money will come. You just have to get to that point first. So I'm happy that you touched on that. And then another point that I want to mention is the fact that you said that you will work for ESPN and you made it come to life. I'm a huge advocate for people creating their own destiny. The only way to predict the future is to create it. I'm a firm believer in that. So kudos to you for just going out there and making that happen. So transitioning from ESPN, 
you went to CBS. What position did you start at with CBS? Okay. Well, in order to go there, I have to go back just a little bit and tell you that, um, uh, you know, eventually at ESPN, I became a director. Right. And, and again, I'm just, I'm just telling my story and it has so many layers to it that I think that your listeners will really appreciate. And I can't overlook the fact that how I became a director at ESPN, because this is going to happen to many, many people that are listening to this. You know, um, I got to ESPN in 87. Um, in 1989, I became a director for ESPN and, uh, it, it all happened by chance. Um, I had been at ESPN two years as an associate director and I was ready to become a director. And, you know, I was frustrated. I felt like I'd been passed up. I, you know, I felt like they weren't paying any attention to me. They weren't giving me any opportunities and all that. And I was doing a football game in Georgia and, um, it just so happened that the direct, the, the director on the show, um, his wife was pregnant in New York. And she was due any day. And remember, this is way before cell phones and, you know, uh, text messages and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, the director comes down to do the game and the game's on Saturday. We're on Friday setting up and um, there's an emergency call in the truck uh, to the director. And I remember it, you know, as, as if it happened yesterday, I was I was in the truck with him when he got the call and his wife was in labor. You know, he, they, ESPN was gracious to let him leave and go. And, you know, be, uh, celebrate the birth of his, of his, uh, of his kids. He had twins. Um, so they were, you know, they were gracious enough to let him go, but that meant there, there was a spot to somebody had to direct the game. Okay. And, and Darius, I will tell you right now, I don't know how many people ESPN asked before they asked me, but eventually they asked me what I like to direct the game. And I said, yes. And this was the moment I had been waiting for. I had been waiting for ESPN to give me a shot. And I also knew that. Um, you know, it was either sink or swim. I'm either going to do a great job and become a director all the time, or I'm going to fall flat on my face and never get the opportunity again. And so fortunately for me, um, you know, I directed the game and the game out, the game came out far uh, better than, than than I think ESPN expected. And they were very happy with my performance. And so in, uh, I do this game in December of 1989 and in January of 1990, I become a full-time uh, director for ESPN. And so that's how I became a director in television. Okay. Now, uh, when you work for ESPN as a, you know, as a producer director, you know, we've signed very short-term contracts like athletes. And so it's all in what you can negotiate, just like, just like athletes, it's all in what you can negotiate. There's no, there's no pay scale. There's no, you know, it's, it's, it's none of that. It's all in how valuable they perceive that you are. And so Every three years, you know, I would sign a new contract with ESPN. We come up for renewal. I had an agent who represented me and he would negotiate a, a new contract and, and I'd sign it again. You know, we went on and on and on and it was, it was, it was all great. And I was very, very happy. And again, I, I said, I wanted to work for ESPN. Now I'm working for ESPN and everything is great. In 1998, uh, my contract was up with ESPN and I had a new contract in my office and I had it signed, but I hadn't sent it back into ESPN to make it become official. And my agent called me on the phone. And this is in like, this is in like May of, uh, of 1998. And he says to me, he says, Mark, have you uh, turned that contract back into ESPN? And I'm thinking he's pretty upset because I've been just sitting on it, just lazy, just too lazy to put a stamp on, you know, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it and take it to the mailbox. And I said, uh, no, Peter, I, I haven't signed it, but I will. I promise you I'll do it tomorrow. And he said to me something that, that will that change my life forever. He said, don't turn it in. And I said, don't turn it in. I mean, what do you mean? He goes, well, CBS just got the NFL back. If you 
remember back uh, CBS lost the NFL uh, years earlier when Fox became a, a player. Fox built their network and the first product they when Fox built their network, the first product they ever got was was uh, was uh, the NFL and everything else, all the programming, all the shows and all that were built around. But they had the NFL first. They took the NFL from CBS. So now you're it's 1998. CBS has won the rights back to the NFL. And um, and un- unfortunately for CBS, what happened was a lot of the people who were producers and directors that do the things that I do left to go to Fox. Now that CBS didn't have the NFL anymore, Fox needed people to do it. So they hired all these people from CBS. And so now CBS gets the NFL back. They don't have anybody that really directs football. So they were looking for people on the outside from different companies. And they, uh, my agent told them about me. So I get... I get called by CBS and for an interview and I go up there to New York and I interview with CBS and I can tell right away that this is a good fit for me. And I think I'm a good fit for them. And so now I have a contract signed by ESPN, but CBS is going to make me an offer. And just like athletes who are free agents, you know, the team that has the rights to you can, you know, whatever offer is made, if they match that, that offer, then you are like obligated to stay with them. And that's the same true with, with, in my business. If, if, um, if CBS makes me an offer and ESPN matches it, well, then I have to stay with ESPN. And so that is exactly what happened is that CBS makes me an offer and ESPN matches it. And then CBS makes me another offer and ESPN matches it. And this goes on and on and on about five times until finally the stakes got so high that ESPN said, you know what, we're not, we're not going to keep playing this game and we're going to, uh, you, you can have them. And so that's how I got to uh, CBS in 1998. And the, the, the thing that I want people to understand is that that doesn't happen unless you have talent and you have gifts and you have ability to be able to get caught in a crossfire between, between two major players who want to use you. You know, we always think about athletes who are free agents and, you know, you, you know, you're a, you know, you're a great NFL player and, and yeah, every, all the teams want you, but what about us who work in the real world every single day? You know, we, we just do a nine to five job. We just, we just do our job. And sometimes we just get so happy in one spot and we don't perform in such a way that anybody else wants you, but you really have the power when somebody else wants you. And now you have two companies willing to fight tooth and nail for your services. And when that happens, it's a, it's a win for the person. It's a win for me. And so in the end, when I got caught in this crossfire between ESPN and CBS, I knew I was going to win Darius. I knew that, you know, no matter what happens, I'm going to win because they're fighting for me and the stakes keep getting higher and higher. And in the end, CBS won out and here's the deal. And I, I tell people this all the time when I speak, that first contract I had with ESPN that I had agreed to, okay, was $98,000 a year less than what I agreed to with CBS Sports, okay? So you take, wow. away CB, you take away CBS Sports, okay? And I'm making $98,000 a year less and thinking I'm doing good because now, you know, ESPN offered me a great contract, but they were holding out. And they were holding out along the way. And every time ESPN made an offer, they offered more and more and more. So the question is this, why didn't they just offer more if there had been no CBS? And the answer is they didn't have to. Okay. And so when you look at yourself, you got to put yourself in a position, you, not you, but anybody, when people look at themselves, they need to be put in a position where someone's willing, two people are willing to fight for them 
okay, for that person. And that's when you really, really have the, the, the power. And that's when you really, really have the victory. And if all you're doing is working for one company and, 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 and they're going to offer you a raise or whatever that is, we're going to give a 5% raise or a 2% raise or one, whatever the raise is, okay, and the, and the offers almost take it or leave it, you know, then you don't have the power. But I had the power because I got caught in that crossfire. And that's where everybody ought to be. And it's a, gr- it's a great feeling when you're there. Yes. I uh, recommend to all my mentees to always check the post on the market, especially if you're up for negotiations. Go out there and talk to recruiters uh, that are looking to fill positions that are just like yours, especially if you're not interested in um, moving vertically up within your organization. Just go out there and see if someone else is willing to give you better benefits, a better salary, a better bonus program. Like Whatever you're looking for within your position, you need to be able to go out there and test your value. And I love that you were able to honestly start a bidding war between ESPN and CBS. Like that's the type of promotion that you don't hear from the outside looking in like at all. That's an incredible story. <laughs> well, again, it, look, look, I, I, I go back to the fact that I wasn't a very good student. You know, I, I, I almost flunked out of LSU. I'm not a doctor. You know, I try to get them pre-med and all that. And here I am having two major corporations fighting over me. So I must've done something right. And so I tell people, you can't just be good at what you do. You have to be great at what you do. And if you think that being good is good enough, you're going to end up in a rut and be stuck where you're at all the time. And I'm not ashamed to tell people I must be great at what I do. I'm working for CBS. I'm the only black director that was ever hired by CBS or ESPN. I get to do the NFL. There are only 16 people in the country who direct the NFL every single weekend. And I'm one of them. Okay. And I'm the only black person doing it. So you don't just trip over the curb and get that, that kind of position. You know, you've got to earn it and you've got to keep it. Yeah. So what's the best advice or unwritten rule that you've ever received? That's a really, really good question. Uh, so somebody asked me one time, uh, I, I, I get asked the question a lot. What's the, the, the best book that I've ever read as it relates to my career? And, uh, you know, I'm a, certainly a, 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 uh, I love to read the Bible and I love to be inspired by the Bible. And it's, it's the book, the book. However, yeah. when, when I, when I, uh, when I talk to students and I tell them to read this book, sometimes they are amazed at how, uh, you know, they, 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 they think it's just like, are you kidding me? That's the book you entire, you tell everybody to read. And that book is Green Eggs and Ham uh, by Dr. Seuss. Uh, when you read that book as a kid, it's all about some knucklehead who won't try the freaking green eggs and ham. Please try the green eggs and ham. Please try the green eggs and ham. And he won't try them. But when he tries them, he loves them. Okay. And he goes on to talk about he'll eat them here or there. He'll eat them anywhere, anywhere. He loves green eggs and ham. He loves them. He loves them. Sam, I am. And it's a great story for a kid. But when you read that book as an adult, green eggs and ham is about getting out of your comfort zone and trying something new. And for a lot of people, you know, when we, when you, when you, when I, when I graduated from high school, I was the only person in my class of 350 to go to LSU. I moved away and went to LSU. Now I lived in Shreveport. A lot of kids went to Grambling. Some of them went to Southern, some of them went to schools in Shreveport and all that. But, you know, for me, I needed to break away from that group. Okay. And sometimes we can't break away from the group. You know, you're going to get a job and you're, you may have to relocate. And if you're not willing to relocate, you may be missing out on the opportunity of a lifetime because you know what? I've lived in this small city my whole life and I just can't leave. 
That's that's the green eggs. You, you know, you just you don't want to try to taste the green eggs. You don't want to relocate. You know, you don't want to give up something that you know, maybe it's something that you that you you know that you've never done. You've never flown before. I've never flown. I'm never going to fly. Well, well, think about all the things you may be missing out on. And so, my advice is to read Green Eggs and Ham and apply it to your life every day. And think about, ask yourself, what is it that you're not willing to try? What is it that you're not willing to taste? What is it you're not willing to sample that could change your life forever? You've been listening to All Things Career. Make sure you subscribe to learn more ways to increase your value. And don't let what you learned today go to waste. Leave a review and let us know how you plan on using today's content to improve your career. Thanks for listening.